Hey, welcome to the Disrupt Education Podcast. I'm Peter Hostrosser. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. I'd love if you share this out. Um, Grab some quotes from it. Give me some feedback. Uh, Share it out with others who might love the podcast. It's the only way we keep going around here. Uh, Also, if you get a chance to head over to disrupteducation.co, it's a great place to learn about me and whatever is going on in my life and what I'm doing with... uh, disrupting education blogs and and you can connect with me there disrupteducation.co i'm a proud partner of the ed up experience podcast network so the ed up experience podcast network is an amazing network of podcasters k through 12 post secondary anything and everything education innovation is being talked about there um, and you can go to edupexperience.com to check all that out it's an amazing amazing uh, group of people um, on this podcast, I have Tracy Tanner, who is the CEO of Kalina, which is an organization that basically helps people tap into their inner creative self. Um, Tracy's got a wonderful story. She's going to share uh, her learning journey. She's going to share everything and uh, about basically how she grew up um, and her, her travels through from Micro Center to Microsoft. It's just an amazing story. And uh, all along the way, she's, she's a lifelong learner. And uh, she's partnered up with some great people and is a true disruptor in education. We'll be right back talking with Tracy after these words from Spike View. I spoke to Precious, who is a junior in high school, and she talked about her experiences with Spike View. Almost every day we get emails of students in our school getting accepted to different colleges to different internships. And I feel like every school will want to see their student thrive and go to big universities and go to different um, opportunities, like different internships, apprenticeships and all that stuff. And Spike View is definitely an opportunity that teachers would take because it's a place where all the students can organize all their things, all their accomplishments they did in their life. And they can use this to build up their resume for college or internships, like I said before, to continue all the way into their senior year. And they already have such a big bowl of all the things they've done in one place. So when it comes to the college application process, it's all there for them and they can just all list it down and just be easier. Drop me a message here on the podcast or head over to spikeview.com to learn more about this incredible platform that's helping our youth own their learning journeys. Welcome to the Disrupt Education Podcast. I've got Tracy here. Tracy, how are you? Great. Thanks for having me here today, Peter. Yes. Really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. I can't wait to get into this conversation and see how we're looking at education differently and what we're doing uh, to change it up. But first off, let's, uh, why don't you give the listeners a, uh, a an overview of who you are? <laughs> it's a long story, and it's come from uh, Columbus, Ohio, originally. And I also was raised in a salvage yard. So a very different environment growing up. It was very dirty and gritty and and actually dangerous at times. But with that, um, I always said to myself as a young kid, I want to get out of this environment. And even though my family was actually a very, very professional in which how they ran the yard and um, and just how they carried themselves, you know, in general. So I learned a lot about that, but our family was very tight knit and worked together. 
And I, my dad, he had passed at a very young age, but before he passed within the last couple of years, he went to each of the five kids of I'm one of, and he said, each one of you go to college, go to college. He had private conversations, just go to college, not knowing that he was going to pass. And um, he knew he was going to pass, but we didn't know. And so anyway, that was something that was on my mind. And I'm in California today because of him, because he always said, I love California. When he was in the military, was he was in the Navy, World War II. He said he wanted to eventually take us all out to California and be in this um, environment that was year round, outdoors, bright, sunny, and he just loved it. So that was part of that. And who I am after that is I really worked hard, um, as many of us do. And my husband and I, we met in, in high school, but um, married later on when we were in college at The Ohio State University. And with that, um, all along while I was in high school and college, I worked at Kroger. So I started from at Kroger and I was always open to working in any environment. You know, whether they said, hey, we need you to work nighttime stock hours, we need you to be in the produce, whatever department that I was able to work that was not in its separate union, I said, okay, to. And that really was my whole philosophy, because it gave me the opportunity to learn different uh, types of skills and be flexible and adaptable. And it's not much, it's not really unlike what we did in our family business. And so that's really what helped me, um, you know, really ground zero in, in the family business of having that philosophy. And in every company, I was observing everything and acting as if it was my own company. And in each of the companies that I, I worked, um, and I really didn't say after Kroger, I got into the tech industry, started at Micro Center. And, you know, a lot of students, especially, they're, they're not as experienced in their careers, right? So they're trying to figure all of that out and how they can go into a particular career. And for me, I pivoted, and I was just talking to someone about this, about three or four times in my life, pivoted industries. And that's not easy to do, but it's really a mindset. And so when I pivoted to micro center, which we weren't even using that term at the time, right? Um, I basically took that retail experience from Kroger and leveraged that um, in, in order to get the time in at micro center. And I loved every minute of it. At that time, we had three months of training and it was six days a week. And again, their training aligned with my own philosophy and that is learn everything about the business, which I was thrilled with. We were in the warehouse shipping. We were in the service department triaging issues that were coming in the service department. We worked in the Macintosh department, the accessory department. And we also worked in the build room in the, in the basement of the building. And ultimately I was hired to work in what was called at the time, the IBM MS-DOS department. <laughs> and, and, and that really led to um, my knowledge of understanding in the very beginning stages of, of the computer industry, um, which I was again, thrilled with because it was exciting and new and, 
um, for anybody out there who have had challenges, being a female in a tech industry in the early days when there weren't that many females um, was a challenge, but I always took the high road. And when there were certain things that were coming my way, I didn't acknowledge them. Instead, worked through and just proved on my own merit. And then people usually came around. Yeah. And I think that's important not to say you shouldn't stand up for yourself or, or call it out, but because I, I think that is needed as well at points, but I took a different path at that time and it worked out for me. And then I proved myself and was respected and looked at as a leader. Yeah. So then I came out here in 1990 and continued my tech industry career with Microsoft and um, did a lot of things around that. I was only there two years, but it was really a fascinating, uh, you know, opportunity. And yes, I did meet Bill Gates. Yes, I did meet Steve Ballmer. I had uh, executive briefings with them, with my clients when they came and spoke. And that was just an experience I'll never forget. Um, and then continued on in a licensing company and then on into Ingram Micro, which I was there for around seven years and, and uh, worked as a leader managing a department called Major Accounts. And we managed 25 clients that totaled $1.2 billion. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so, and, the, and all of those roles, again, I kept an open mind in helping the company succeed as well as the client that we were working with because it was a joint partnership. And I always looked outside of the role in order to make sure that the wheels were turning. If I worked with another department, I made sure that I understood what their needs were too and continued that philosophy and how that what their actions did affected another department yet that maybe I wasn't directly connected with. So that's that kind of philosophy that really helped me succeed. And then I pivoted again to Ernst & Young and uh, worked for them as the human capital um, executive consultant on the Western region. And I was able to do so because of, or even get that position because of my work at Ingram Micro with the employees of making the department better, a better place to work with regard to not only um, training, but understanding of how they can, their career path, what that may look like or the possibilities are. Um, and then I ended up three years ago, I got into the the entrepreneurial ecosystem in Orange County. And I know I, I, we've talked before, but that was really fascinating for me to really observe and understand. And we can talk more about that because that's really where I got into education proper in, in the industry. There's a couple of things I heard there that is pretty amazing. I mean, obviously your value and work ethic all the way through that. I know we're going to touch on that and how do we build you know, that kind of mindset for everybody, youth, right? To be your curiosity and your fearlessness really has taken you amazing places. And we've had that conversation. And thank you for sharing that with the audience. It's very important because of the conversation we're going to have. That's that's really your why is underneath all that. But I don't wanna I don't wanna throw that out there just yet and give people a little bit of time to soak that in. I do want though to ask what kind of student was Tracy in schools? Obviously, in businesses, you learn to soak it all up, right? And then even mm -hmm. with your, your family life and, and how you saw and, and were, was raised that way, 
um, to to work hard and to see it. What, what was school like for you? Well, I was actually raised in uh, parochial, parochial schools, both in grade school and high school. And even into college, I did go to one year of a Catholic school and then transitioned to the Ohio State University. Um, so that's sort of my the type of institution I was in. I want to lay that groundwork. So there was a lot more structure involved. But I was always um, a very good student, but I wasn't like the top student. There's always somebody better than you, right? I was a very good student, but it took me a lot to get there. And the reason is, is because I didn't have at the time, at least, and now I think you grow out of certain things and I'm, I'm well beyond that, but I was at times I couldn't concentrate. I was very distracted in the classroom. I don't know what that was. I don't know what it is. I was never diagnosed with anything, but it was distracting. So I would take my books home stacks of books and reread everything in order to get my work done and understand. And I know a lot of people, there's a lot, my husband, for instance, he said he never took a book home. <laughs> Me neither. He never had to take a home. <laughs> yeah. But I had to do that in order to actually absorb and assess and, and just really comprehend what was what this was what was happening what was going on what was expected of me and in order to um you know succeed and i was always on honor roll i was you know so i did well i did well but it took a lot and i had to close myself off at home in a room that was completely quiet mm -hmm. and focused and so that was the type of student my my older brothers i have three older brothers and a sister and a couple of my brothers are like, you are just such a great student. You're great. Uh, your study skills are superior. And they would tell me this, but inside it was like I was dying because right. I didn't want to spend all this time at home. I really didn't. But I needed to do that in order to succeed. That's amazing. Yeah, I never took a book home. Like I, for some reason, I was able to do it in school um but it, it's funny as an educator we'll get to this and you know even going into the organization that, that you represent but as an educator you see that and you know sometimes teachers we educators ourselves we get frustrated we're like well why is tracy not in class like doing the work and it just wasn't the place for you um mm -hmm. obviously you figure that out and you, you have enough uh you know um I guess you understand this because of the organization that you're running now. So can you tell us a little bit about, um, you know, the organization that you're running and, and what is it all about? We run, uh, I should say, my co-founder, who's a former Microsoft colleague, Jean-Pierre and I, formed Colina. And Colina is an ed tech company. And we're focused, we came together because of our love of education and tech. And we hadn't really seen each other for a long time. Um, we had worked together at Microsoft years ago, and then he continued on up at Microsoft Corporate and was in the consulting industry, Microsoft consulting arm, and worked for Microsoft for about 20 years. So we had decided that, um, you know, we wanted to come together because of that um, love, as I mentioned, of tech and education. However, I was actually at the same time in the entrepreneurial ecosystem, at the same time we were in this initial conversation um, of Orange County. 
And a couple things I observed because I was trying to figure out, well, what do we want to focus on with this tech and education platform that we wanted to build or what aspect do we want to approach? Is it a platform or not? And so basically um, with the entrepreneurial ecosystem of Orange County, um, I was observing with my process improvement, my sales marketing, all these things that I did, right, with these top-end clients, and, and I was observing. And two couple observations I made. One was that it was highly siloed. And there are all these great resources, but they're highly siloed. And the collaboration at the time was good, but not where it could be. And the second thing is, is the entrepreneurs themselves are constantly developing non-technical skills, albeit they may be representing a fintech, medtech, or biotech kind of industry or product, right? So they may be in that tech industry, but they're constantly developing. So one, it may be very good at communication and one may be pretty good, but the key is they're developing it every day because they're exercising what is what is referred to as that entrepreneurial mindset. And that mindset is not only valuable in for a startup, for an entrepreneur who's starting a company, but that mindset is also equally valuable for someone who's in corporate America. And sometimes that's forgotten because when I was at Microsoft and I, and that's kind of my, that's my mindset, right? That's always been my mindset, but I didn't know it was called that entrepreneurial mindset. I mean, I grew up in an entrepreneurial household, so maybe that's the reason that we all had that, but I had that exposure. Um, but that mindset is very valuable and gets people farther. If I'm, a, a, when I was a leader and in a company, in one of the companies, and I had an employee that had a bad attitude and they had a focus of just be, within their cubicle walls, yeah, but not really beyond that. And I had a, another person that is very open to collaboration and adaptability and persevering and doing, who are you going to pick to move to the next level? Yeah. Right. Who are you going to actually promote? And so I think people need to really understand that these non-technical skills and Udemy, who's a fabulous large company providing educational opportunities for people, um, as well as LinkedIn Learning, and there's many out there, right? Uh, they put an article, posted an article focused on changing the name of soft skills to power skills. And I've actually been calling them power skills for three years before they came out with that, but I'm so happy they did mm -hmm. because now people are taking a step back and saying, well, maybe these are important. And a couple years ago, I know when we started this, no one was really focused on it. And then they started, I would say in the first year, after the first year we started this company, company, I started seeing more articles and postings that were large corporations as well as universities saying, we're going to start training. This is important. Um, and now that COVID happened, where there's more remote and a, a less in-person social interaction, it's going to be even more valuable to understand. Yeah. So we have this platform 
that is a community-based platform focused on marrying this whole entrepreneurial mindset with a so with a digital community so that people can be active after the hour after hours after they've met in person and because even at the um the entrepreneurial ecosystem here what people usually do is they will send an email right to a group if they're part of a group and then there's copies and back and forth and back and forth but and many of them don't want to use some of the other popular platforms. They want a proprietary white labeled platform that focuses on their theme, so to speak, right, of what they're doing. And so there's there's been several opportunities that we've we are running 12 platforms right now in three years. Yeah. And last August, we actually were awarded a grant by the U.S. State Department in collaboration with the U.S. Embassy in Ghana. And the University of Ghana is using our platform at their entrepreneurial um, hub or center there. And that's just one of many ways that it's being utilized right now. That's amazing. And I love the growth of this. Um, that mindset is something, you know, in high school as an educator myself is, is all I'm trying to, to work through uh, students and different things. Um, and again, that's it's right in your in your vision, right? You're looking at that entrepreneurial like mindset with the employable skills. We'll just keep going with the power skills, yes. Um, because we know there's that huge gap, right? There is a huge gap. How how what are the different ways, even with you know Ghana or the other um, you know entities that you're working with? How are you like? What is your vision on closing that gap even more? Yeah, um, it's really about the hybrid model and allowing students to work, meet the students where they are versus always trying to make people come to us, yeah. right? And this is just not me. I don't want to speak just about me because this is about the partners that I have and the you know educational partners and business partners alike where we're coming together and it's, it's a triangle relationship. It's the businesses, it's the institution, educational institutions, and also the students themselves. And how are we pulling all of this together? And there's an opportunity that we're working on right now um, and have been actually, well, let me talk about what we've worked on. We worked on with the Orange County Community College business and entrepreneurship sector, and that's why it's been focused on entrepreneurship. Um, and I've been at the table with the educators in Orange County many times, and this is what is this is their whole vision to bring and my vision as well. But it's it's broader than me, and that's why I'm trying to say, you know, what that's how I started that that bit, right? This yep. is broader than just me. So when you work with different partners and you really understand what their needs are and you're not working in that silo, that vacuum, that's where you bring a true solution and opportunity that makes a foundational environment for people to learn and be educated in a different way that meets their needs. Some of the ways we're doing that on this platform is we're bringing this, this platform is a social community. So think sort of like a Facebook-like platform that people can post, they can email within the platform, send messages, um, they can actually also grab an article of the day that's important with what is happening in the business world or in learning and education um, or a trendy industry, let's say, um, that kind of thing. 
They can also go back and look at Zoom recordings that we've turned into podcasts or web webinars um, from educators where I last year for the Orange County Community College system, we did nine virtual events and they were focused and represented the community college uh, students. In other words, they were highly diverse people that came to the platform and we recorded these Zoom events from, you know, military vets who are, um, with, with, you know, their sexual orientation isn't, let's say, the norm. Right. I'm, and I don't care about what the norm is. I'm not saying that I'm not judging that, yeah. but that others will may judge. Mm -hmm. Not um, And, you know, transgender people, those who are different uh, ethnicities or different backgrounds. And each, the important part of that is each came through difficult circumstances. Mm -hmm. They had to overcome many things in their life in order to decide, am I gonna let this bother me and go down a downhill spiral, downward spiral, mm -hmm. or am I going to uplift myself and surround myself with, it, with people that are uplifting and allow myself to become the person that I can be? And all of these people did just that. And they not only were educated, in um you know in their respective industry but they some of them are have gotten their master's degree doctorate degrees and some are in industry some are in education some are in their own consulting firms and each one of them have overcome and succeeded and represented their community um, of diversity in that way and i brought them to the table to speak to the california community colleges this year we focused a little differently. We focused on the technology and we and I reached out to different people in the tech industry to talk about blockchain, the di digital marketplace was another um, and the, the last was the metaverse. So we had that as well. So we try to mix it up and those recordings obviously become a different way to learn. And it doesn't have to be in a classroom, right? We also offer a hundred, over 130 non-technical skills online courses that are um, can be helpful as an introductory, you know, way to just understand what that means. What what does that soft skill mean, and how do I apply it? If they don't have an environment in which they can exercise that, then we encourage them to to look to someone in their suite of network, right? Their network of friends and family that, that exudes that particular non-technical skill and then that soft skill or power skill. And then start, at, you know, ask that person, can you guide me? Can you give me some understanding of how you actually use that skill? And that is a way that we're really reaching out. We also have an opportunity to build a mentoring um, internship, um, a full ecosystem for education and businesses that we're in the process right now of proposing. So hopefully that will become or come to fruition. But if this is done, it will exactly align with what the people that are involved are 
um, wanting for their ecosystem. Very powerful stuff, especially the stories of, of the, you know, the individuals who are who have overcome things. Uh, uh, obviously, as a, as an educator, again, I keep thinking about my own students, right? And and when you they do connect with people who really resonate with them, maybe their stories are similar, their their backgrounds are. Uh, cultures are, are similar and then they see those and then they see we're ba- you're basically building those ecosystems around uh, each individual and creating it's it's amazing I have a lot of listeners who are parents uh, and uh, of high schoolish age uh, maybe a little bit uh, more in the end of the college years um, and then a lot of uh, educators and administrators um, what do they need to know about connecting with Kalina and and everything and and how to move forward if they have some questions. Well, they can reach out to me at tracy.tanner, that's T-R-A-C-Y dot Tanner, T-A-N-N-E-R at Kalina.com. And they can call me on my personal cell phone. Hey, I'm I'm available. So it's 714-931-5890. So one of the things that I would, if I could leave any kind of message to any of the educators out there in administration. And many of them are, I, I highly respect because it's a very difficult job. Um, and especially the parents too, is as I said, that we're trying to meet our goal is to meet the students where they need to be or where they are, mm-hmm. not where we want them to be. And I would suggest to you, Consider that philosophy when you're building any programs, no matter who you're working with. And one of the things that I noticed, um, you know, my son is 23 and he's really successful. He graduated last year from college and he's doing really well. However, when he was in uh, high school, many of his high school friends, the parents, whether they're in whatever profession, and I won't name any <laughs> profession in particular, whatever profession they were in, the the unanimous philosophy was, my child's going to do the same profession. And yes. we really, we really need, you know, and you hear that too? Yep. Okay. So, and, and I'm not trying to judge anybody because that's a natural thing you want your child to do, right? You want your child to grow up, be successful, and you may have been successful and therefore, or maybe you have a business and you want them to be, you know, take over your, your legacy or your business or what have you. And I get all of that, mm-hmm. but the students or your child or the, the student in the classroom will not be happy long-term. They will not be happy long-term. Some will. There is a small percentage. Absolutely, they would love to do that. But many of them will not be. And that's something that I saw in some of the students and and my son's friends who they were being asked to do the same. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was a, and that's a conversation they have to have and they go through, obviously. And Many of them, have, they all of them have turned out great, but I think we need to look at that earlier on and not pressure, but support and guide. Yeah. And, you know, and I know I'm getting on a little soapbox here probably yeah. with, but that's something that really is near and dear to my heart to help students understand what their skills are and how those skills can be applied back to the skills, right? Mm-hmm. 
how the skills can be applied to the different industry and are transferable to many industries. And actually one young gentleman who I, you know, is just cracks me up. He, he says, oh, I, I'm, I just saw him not long ago, a friend of ours. And he said, Mrs. Tanner, I'm in, I'm in uh, college third year and I hadn't seen him for a while. And he says, I'm studying communication. And I said, I did the same and do not ever let anyone tell you that that's fluff. In our previous conversation, you and I are both uh, undergrad communication majors. So <laughs> it yes. is not, it is not, it's an amazing, yes. I mean, it has taken me places where, uh, yeah, outside of comfort zones. Totally agree with you. Totally. Agree. Right. So, and so don't let anyone tell you that it's fluff and understand completely understand please that it is so transferable and that now especially with the remote working environment and what's happened to us all over the world these types of skills are in high demand right now yeah i love the humanistic approach um what you're doing is incredible uh because it is disrupting education it's changing the way that that we do things it all it stems all the way back to young tracy carrying the books home that's what i love and <laughs> and i want to thank you um for for sharing your entire story and your journey today and uh obviously reach out um listeners uh, i'll put more information in the uh, notes or down there but tracy thank you so much for for sharing You're your, so your welcome, journey Peter. i appreciate it and thank you all for listening. We'll catch you next time on Disrupt Education.